Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of It's the Wine Talking, your nearly weekly dose of wit, wine, and occasional wisdom. I'm cheating a little bit with our wine of the week because I'm drinking sake. Sake is technically a wine, a Japanese rice wine to be more precise, but it's not usually what I'm talking about when I proclaim my love of wine. The good news is that I also love sake, and the price is right at $6 a bottle from the nearby 7-Eleven. While our wine options have improved a bit since coming to Taiwan, the cost of a decent bottle of red still hovers in the $15 to $20 mark, which is a bit too rich for my blood, even if I can stretch the bottle a whole two days. Plus, I got spooked in the wine section of the grocery store when the saleswoman kept speaking to me in Mandarin, a language I'm completely worthless in. So, I smiled at her and ran away, convincing myself that all the options were out of my price range anyways, despite my minimal investigation. So, I'm enjoying my Yuchun Sake, chilled. It's cold and rainy outside, so while I'd prefer to have it hot, the kitchen in our current Airbnb is lacking, to say the least. And I caused enough damage when I tried to reheat our leftovers last night. I'm not very domestic. Similar to my preferences for red and white wine, I prefer a drier sake, and this one fits the bill. It is medium to full-bodied compared to others I've had, and it tastes better than most house sakes I've had at sushi restaurants in the U.S., unsurprisingly. I'm excited to arrive in Japan next week and get to learn more about the flavor profiles of this beverage. Sake tasting, anyone? All right, let's move on to this week's topic. Reasons I hate yoga. Realize it may come as quite the shock that a girl who just shared her love of leggings with the world doesn't like yoga. But you'll notice that in our last episode, I didn't call them yoga pants. That would be a misnomer. My leggings weren't made for yoga. They were made for running, which I also don't do. In my life, they're more like stretch out and get comfortable pants, but calling them leggings is less of a mouthful. Now, I want to be clear. I don't have any issue with you, your cousin, or your mom's boyfriend doing yoga. I do not doubt the physical or mental benefits of it, and I have many friends who worship at the altar of Lulu, and I fully support them. But yoga? It's not for me. Beyond some drunk yoga sessions in the living room of my friend's parents' house, I can only recall taking two real yoga classes. I hear you when you say that's not a good sample size, and as someone who took a lot of statistics in school, I don't disagree with you. But one of those classes was in Hawaii, and if I can't enjoy yoga in paradise, I think it's fair to extrapolate that the chances aren't good elsewhere. My most recent class, about four years ago, was in a Bay Area gym in which I spent much of the time staring at the ceiling trying to decide if the building had been properly retrofitted for earthquakes. I'm not great at clearing my mind, but we'll get to that. So, why do I hate yoga so much? Reason number one, because I cannot keep a straight face. Release the emotional baggage from your hips, the Californian yogi instructed me. I'm sorry, come again? I kept it together for 45 minutes, but when class finally ended, my friend looked at me and said, I really thought you were going to lose it in there. To which I responded, then why would you take me? For those of you who don't know me, I have a shockingly low laugh threshold, meaning it takes very little to get me giggling, chuckling, or guffawing. 
And once I get going, you'll know it's me. I have a very distinctive, boisterous laugh. As a sassy child, I gave my mom a hard time about her signature laugh. It embarrassed me as a six going on 16 year old and I could not understand why she couldn't get it under control. Fortunately, I now believe, this bad attitude didn't keep me from inheriting an identical laugh, which I've learned to embrace and which people often compliment me on. Though maybe this is like when you're wearing a terrible outfit and people are so taken aback that they can't not say something and so they lie and say, I love your dress. But that's a different situation, right? Regardless, my friends have become accustomed to the sound of my laugh and its frequent appearances. So it's no wonder that when a fairly hippie statement was made about emotions in my hips that my friend was worried I couldn't keep it together. Admittedly, it was hard. This kind of fluffy feelings juju talk really isn't for me. I want to have fun, to laugh, to crack jokes. Being relaxed and zen and trying to connect with my inner something or other isn't what I'm looking for. Even if I'm holding all my emotional baggage in my hips, which I don't think I am, because my hips look pretty great, and Shakira tells me the hips don't lie, I'm not really open to this way of thinking. At least, not right now. Of course, if it works for you, I think that's great. But it's probably best for both of us if your contemplative, calming moments in yoga class aren't interrupted by my 100 decibel cackles. Reason number two. Because I haven't figured out how to turn off my brain. It's arguable that reason number one would be less valid if I embrace the meditation aspects of yoga. I do believe that if I really committed to it, and practice being quiet and clearing my brain in this type of setting, I could probably get better at it. But it would be one long, long, long road to get me there. I just spent four months in Thailand, a land known for having many wonderful and inexpensive things, one of which is massages. I did not get a single massage. Yeah, yeah, I know. What was I thinking? Well, I'll tell you. I was thinking that being told to relax or take deep breaths really stresses me out. I was thinking, how can I be quiet for an hour? What if something funny happens and I need to make a joke? I was thinking, I'm just going to be worrying about everything I should be doing, so wouldn't it be more valuable if I used that time to get some of those things done? I must have talked about getting a massage every week for the last two months of our stay, but the fear that I couldn't be quiet and relaxed in a moment designed precisely for that paralyzed me. Yeah, I'm a weirdo. Clearly, as a fairly anxious human, I would benefit from meditation and mindfulness training. But since I can't even get through the first two paragraphs of a New York Times article about the benefits of mindfulness, going all zen for 45 minutes seems a long way off. Plus, it's going to be hard to clear my brain in yoga class when I'm trying to remember what the heck my body is supposed to be doing in a chakra vagasana pose. Which arm goes up? Should I be tucking in my tailbone? Is my hip supposed to feel like this? Honestly, I'm freaking out a little just thinking about it. Yes, I need to chill out. But I don't think yoga is the right first step for me. And a panic attack in your yoga class wouldn't be good for business. Reason number three. Because you have to trick me into working out. Never been one to enjoy working out. As a competitive runner during high school and part of college, I was happy to run to get faster and stronger because there's a purpose. But the idea of going to the gym for an abstract goal of getting in shape has never been enough to motivate me. Being on the road, exercising, with the exception of walking a fair amount, 
has become even more of a rarity. But the types of workouts that suited me at home were always the ones that tricked me into getting into better shape. Dance classes disguised as choreography lessons that leave you out of breath. 40-minute intense spin classes with great music and such frequent movement that I'm distracted by how much pain I'm in. The slow and steady pace of yoga and the quiet, oh, the quiet, makes it far too easy to be aware that I'm working out as we're breathing in through the nose and out the mouth. Did I get that right? All that's running through my head is, my emotional baggage is happy in my hips. And what do you mean we're holding this position for 30 more seconds? And hasn't the sun been saluted enough? With only peaceful music and the occasional soothing voice guiding me through yoga class, I am forced to endure my workout without any distractions, to be fully in tune with every ache and pain in my body, to be aware of every second of discomfort. And that does not put me in a very good mood. Reason number four, because of the mats. It seems to me you have two options when it comes to yoga mats. Two options that I'm not particularly fond of. First, you can buy your own mat and carry it to and from your classes. But that mat, whether it rolls or folds, is awkward to carry. It's unlikely to fit in your bag unless you've bought an even more awkward oversized tote. And so most people carry it around separately with its own strap or attach it to the side of their other bag. Now, as someone who has not owned a car in six years, arguably, I guess I've never owned a car since I always drove my family's, I have to carry everything I need for the day on my person, which in the Bay Area meant my work laptop and tech accessories, my makeup, a notebook, my phone, a wine opener, always be prepared, and a jacket, a requirement on all but five days a year in San Francisco. If I was thinking about working out, an unusual occurrence, that also meant lugging workout clothes and shoes on as many as four buses and two trains in one day. It's not the yoga mat's fault, but it is the straw that breaks the camels, or in my case, the commuters, back. Of course, your other option is using a mat provided by your gym or studio, but that is gross. I don't know who has used that mat before or where they've been or what sort of bacteria they're breeding in their crevices. I don't need that. And what if the side of the mat I'm using has been on the floor or stepped on all over by someone's shoes? I have seen and smelled the streets of San Francisco, and I absolutely do not want any of that touching my skin. And you don't either. Trust me. At least we use nap mats in kindergarten. We got to bring our own Disney-themed towel to put on top of it. Plus, we were assigned a mat, so I could be confident at age five that my mat was not covered in Dylan or Patrick's cooties. I do not feel that confidence with a borrow yoga mat. Adult cooties are the worst. And that's a wrap. If you were considering taking me to a yoga class before, I hope this episode has convinced you otherwise. I promise you'll enjoy yoga more without my negative aura in the room, and we can meet up afterwards for happy hour. It's better for our friendship that way. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of It's the Wine Talking. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Overcast so you don't miss your regular dose of wit, wine, and occasional wisdom. Thanks for listening. Cheers! I'm on tonight, my hips don't lie, and I'm starting to feel your boy. And when let's go, real slow, baby, like this is perfecto.